The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Primal Body, Primal Mind. Your host, Nora Gedgaudis, is here to take you on a fun-filled and informational journey through the mind and your body with a focus on neurofeedback and healthy nutrition and what it can do for you, your family, and friends. Now, here's your host, Nora Gedgaudis. Hi, welcome to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. I'm your host, Nora Gedgaudis, and I have an amazing show for you in store today. Um, our general topic is going to be basically blood sugar issues. And we'll have two guests to share information on this theme. My first guest will be Kurt Ellis from the award-winning documentary you all may have seen called King Corn. I'm excited about that. And the second half of the show today, we'll have Sue Othmer from the EEG Institute to discuss the brain basis for blood sugar dysregulation, cravings and eating disorders, and how neurofeedback can influence all of this. You're just not going to want to miss that. First, though, we talked briefly about blood sugar in our primal makeup, if you will, in our last show and how this can influence each and every facet of your being. My book, uh, Primal Body, Primal Mind, goes into this in a whole lot of detail. Um, and when I talk about carbs, I'm not just talking about sugar. I'm talking about all forms of starch from bread, rice, grains, pasta, potatoes, and, yes, even corn. How's that for a segue? Um, our ancient ancestors never had an emergency need to lower blood sugar. And really, what are we doing today? We're hitting ourselves in each and every meal with tidal waves of glucose and insulin because all carbohydrates except fiber are sugar or glucose once they hit our bloodstream. Most people you know, today are living 24-7 in a state of what amounts to total metabolic chaos. So you can imagine what the implications are when the number one source of calories in the American diet over all the rest of the sugars and starches we're already consuming is high fructose corn syrup, if you can believe that. Doesn't even come doesn't even show up in nature. It comes out of a test tube. Um, it's almost too horrible to talk about, but we're gonna do it anyway. So as our first guest today, uh, I'd like to introduce uh, Kurt Ellis who uh, uh, well Kurt Ellis grew up in Oregon and attended uh, Yale University. In 2004, he and uh, collaborator Ian Cheney began making documentaries together, and Kurt produced, um, uh, co- well, they co-created and starred in the movie King Corn, uh, which is a feature documentary directed by Aaron Wolf that aired uh, nationally on PBS and quite a few theaters. Uh, he produced The Greening of Southie in 2008, which is a feature documentary about Boston's first residential green building, and that was launched in theaters by balcony releasing, shown in union halls nationwide and selected for Earth Day broadcast on the Sundance Channel. Way cool. Most recently, Kurt has been directing uh, Big River this year. It's a 30-minute sequel to King Corn that will launch this fall. Can't wait for that. And uh, 
contributing writer for Civil Eats and Food Society Policy Fellow. Kurt continues to advocate for more sustainable food and agriculture. And uh, I met Kurt at the premiere of King Corn in Portland. Uh, I was actually sort of one of those people that just sort of walked up to him to talk about the evils of high fructose corn syrup. And uh, later on I approached him about showing his wonderful film at uh, what was the Nutritional Therapy Association conference last year. Uh, good times. Anyway, uh, King Corn, as it turns out, also run a, uh, won a Peabody Award. Well, Kurt, congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, for a, for a movie about watching corn grow, we've all been kind of uh, even just amazed that people have wanted to watch it at all. Right, yeah. So, you know, I love the little commercial you and Ian created as sort of an answer to the ridiculous ones being aired by the high fructose corn syrup industry. Very, very funny. It's, I guess it's on your website. It is, yeah, kingcorn.net. Um, after our film, King Corn, came out and uh, Michael Pollan's Omnivore's Dilemma was published and a number of other uh, nutritionists and experts started pointing to the incredible tidal wave, as you called it, which I think is exactly right, of, right. Uh, of high fructose corn syrup in our diets. Um, the corn refining industry has gotten a little bit nervous, I guess, about their uh, role in the marketplace, and so they've launched a 25 or $30 million PR campaign to save the good name of their trademark product, high fructose corn syrup, and uh, there are these work fabulous ads on, uh, on YouTube, and uh, yeah. we have some spoofs up there as well. Yeah, I know that the, um, you know, that some of the information coming out uh, for the public now has really, uh, really kind of it has been impacting their industry, and yeah, you're right, they are really nervous about it, and they should be. Um, there's just so many awful things to say about high fructose corn syrup, it's almost too many to mention, but I know some of the conditions that high fructose corn syrup has been linked with include things like diabetes and heart disease, cancer, which is always a fun one, obesity. Apparently, um, high fructose corn syrup seems to convert to fat faster than just about any other sugar, especially when it's in liquid form, like in sodas. And uh, it can leave us with a weakened immune system, um, which is something to uh, keep in mind, you know, with H1N1 floating around. We sure as heck don't need that. And cirrhosis of the liver, osteoporosis, you know, elevated cholesterol, which is um, of dubious concern, but anemia, mineral deficiency. Uh, it just kind of goes on and on. I know that... Uh, that fructose is also about 20 to 30 times more glycating than glucose. And so, um, you know, it's, it's nasty stuff. It does a lot of damage. Well, you know, our, our approach in the film King Corn was fairly straightforward um, as relates to high fructose corn syrup. But I, I think it gets at the, the fundamental problem with that stuff, which is we've, in the last 40 years, chosen to flood our diets with something that historically was never a part of our uh, part of our food makeup at all. Right, right. Um, and, you know, empty calories are, at the end of the day, still just empty calories. And uh, the, the science is, is becoming more and more clear on the problem specifically of high fructose corn syrup. But even in the simplest sense, um, we know it's not a good choice to be uh, 
filling ourselves with just highly refined sugar like that. Right. Well, and, and I don't know if you're aware, you, well, I'm sure you're aware of this statistic somehow, but, you know, between 1970 and 2005, the actual amount of high fructose corn syrup in our diet, in the American diet, that's gone up over 10,075%. <laughs> I mean, table sugar has actually gone down um, in, in, uh, in our diets by about 40%. So I think there are some pundits out there saying, well, you know, sugar consumption is going down. Well, sugar consumption as table sugar, but high fructose corn syrup is a whole, whole different animal, and it's, of course, much cheaper to produce. And, um, you know, it's just sort of the darling of the, uh, of the food industry. And although that, that, that tide seems to be turning a little bit with, with negative publicity, but um, I, I'd be curious to know how well those, uh, how well those ads are working for the, uh, for the, you know, for, the uh, for that industry. Well, the, the message of the uh, corn syrup commercials that I've seen seems to be suggesting that the, uh, the people who don't, eat corn syrup very much or who's, who feel that it's a, a bad part of our diets in one way or another or at least a, an over-consumed part of our diets. The message is that those people are somehow being elitist by, right. uh, by saying no to, to too much refined sugar. Right. Um, and I, I think that's kind of a dangerous message to send because what we see already uh, on a population-wide scale is that uh, the people who can least afford the health care consequences of obesity and diabetes, uh, the, the low-income populations who have less access to good medical care, are the ones who are most likely to, to get those problems in the first place. Um, so it's, it's not an elitist issue. Uh, the point is that if we actually want to fix the health care system in our country for all of us and make health care affordable to everyone, then it, that comes through prevention of these incredibly expensive and incredibly de debilitating diseases like type 2 diabetes. Yeah, well, that's exactly right, and that's a fabulous point because, really, you know, the healthcare system is more or less collapsing right now. And so probably the single most, you know, beneficial thing anybody can do right now is take, you know, is take a real interest in the machine in which they inhabit and, uh, and take... Um, these kinds of uh, you know these kinds of things these you know dietary issues very very seriously because they're really the foundation for why healthcare is collapsing. It's sort of the same hubris that got us into trouble with the economy got us into trouble with healthcare. <laughs> you know, it's exactly. the idea that we can do whatever we want you know to ourselves or with our pocketbooks and uh, and and somehow we don't have to deal with the consequences. Sooner or later, the machine breaks down. And unfortunately, there, you know, for a great many Americans now, there is no safety net for them. No, I mean, half of all obesity-related medical costs are now being burdened by publicly funded programs like yeah. Medicare and Medicaid. So if that safety net uh, fails, it's, uh, it's going to really hurt all of us quite significantly. Yeah, well, yes, absolutely. And of course... You know, the, the conventional mantra is that prevention is all about early detection, which, <laughs> you know, isn't prevention at all. Um, you know, prevention really needs to be about prevention, and I, I would love to see the whole discussion with respect to the whole health care debate not go to what kind of coverage is going to go to, you know, trying to deal with these uh, tidal waves of insulin-related, you know, problems, 
that are, you know, that are collapsing our healthcare system, but how do we avoid those issues in the first place? Well, it's, it's absolutely critical that we figure out that, uh, that problem because even according to the CDC, uh, one in three current second graders is on a path to develop type 2 diabetes during yep. their lifetimes. Yep, I know. It's completely, completely shocking. Um, you know, I was especially struck by that guy. Uh, I don't know if it was in New York in, in your movie. I'm, I'm trying to remember now. You were driving around with him, and he was talking about the story of his own diabetes and that other family member, you know, the one with all the uh, amputations, etc. You ever, um, you know, hear anything more uh, about him? Absolutely, yeah. Um, in the in the film, we visited with a cab driver who's a, a right. fellow whose cab we just happened to get into the back of when we were in New York. Um, and uh, Frey Mendez was his name. Um, and he asked us, uh, you know, what what we were doing, and we said, oh, you know, we're making this film about uh, corn and about uh, high fructose corn syrup. And uh, he turned around and he said. Corn syrup ruined my life. Yeah. And uh, so then at that point we, we told him we had to get the camera out. <laughs> like, hold that and, thought. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he told us this incredible story. You know, um, he uh, his whole family essentially has uh, type 2 diabetes, and uh, that's a disease that, that has uh, genetic links to it, but it also has very, very strong lifestyle oh, yeah. links. And uh, in his case, he was uh, a sort of soda addict from a young age and just uh, ah. drank as much high fructose corn syrup or sugar-sweetened soda as he could get. Okay. Um, well, let's, and then Bert, why don't you hold that thought? We're going to a commercial break, and let's pick up where we left off when we get back. Perfect. Okay. Page. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. NBC science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. 
Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com. Are you looking for a new perspective in today's challenging economic and personal times? Join the journey to your personal best on the Sky's the Limit radio program featuring your hosts Karen Lovett, Jackie Lawney, and John McDermott. The engaging discussion will center on concrete ideas and actions to help improve your personal wealth, love, appreciation, power, choice, relationships, and more. Karen, Jackie, and John will guide you to your true power of choice on The Sky's the Limit, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, on 7th Wave Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Yeah, today we're talking about uh, blood sugar issues and as it so happens, the number one source of calories in the American diet today is something called high fructose corn syrup. Something, of course, which our wonderful guest today, Kurt Ellis, has never heard anything about. But uh, anyway, we were having a, a pretty wonderful discussion right before we went to break, and I was sort of wanting to kind of pick up where we left off. Um, we were talking about that uh, that cabbie you were in the car with in New York. Yeah, I mean, uh, so so Frey Mendez, who who appears towards the end of uh, our film King Corn. Um, he, you know, he puts a, a very simple human face on what is otherwise a kind of statistic. Uh, you know, it's easy to, to look at the explosion of obesity and type 2 diabetes uh, on the charts and graphs and, yeah. and say, oh, yeah, there's an epidemic of these problems. But when you realize that it's real people who are being affected by those diseases, you know, when right. he talks about his father getting his feet and legs amputated and essentially losing his his enthusiasm for life uh, from this terrible disease, you realize that, uh, you know, this is, this is maybe the most important issue of our time is how we, how we feed ourselves and how we're making ourselves sick with this flood of, of refined sugar into our diet. Yeah, it's, it, no kidding. I, it's, I just can't underscore, you know, the importance in, of the issue. And, you know, of course, it's high fructose corn syrup on top of all the other sugars and starches that, you know, that we're consuming. And it's all sugar once it hits our bloodstream. And so, um, you know, the, the, it's a staggering, staggering problem. And when you consider that of all the three major macronutrients um, that we consume, which include proteins, fats, and carbohydrates, the, one, the only one for which there's no actual human dietary requirement even is carbohydrate, and what's at the base of the food pyramid? <laughs> you know, high fructose corn syrup, apparently, because that's what we're all eating the most of. Um, uh, it also, you know, turns out that high fructose corn syrup contains really high levels of something called reactive carbonyls, which is this highly reactive uh, compound that causes a lot of tissue damage and and, and glycating uh, effects in the bloodstream, which is a way of 
basically sort of caramelizing our uh, caramelizing our, our bloodstream and our organs, um, causing them to become kind of sticky and malfunction and misshapen. Uh, this is also really known. Um, these reactive carbonyls are also known to cause uh, diabetes. And one can of soda contains five times the reactive carbonyls than found in a person in a whole person with diabetes. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, high fructose corn syrup is also it's made from GMO, you know, crops, genetically uh, modified organisms, which, you know, sort of known to cause allergies and who knows what else. And they also contain, apparently, high fructose corn syrup even contains significant amounts of mercury. I don't know if that was in your recipe, though, that uh, you and Ian made at home. <laughs> no, I, th I think it's mostly in... Uh mostly an older, an older manufacturing process for high fructose corn syrup that some um, uh, small quantity of mercury ends up there. Yeah, so you, you didn't have to go door to door with your gas masks on and, the, you know, and a steel cup and big gloves saying, I got a cup of mercury you can spare. No, we did, we did uh, attempt to make our own homebrewed batch of high fructose corn syrup in yeah, what a great the, scene. the film, though. Um, yeah, I mean, for us it was really a reminder of the fact that uh, in the modern world, so much of the food we eat comes from a factory. Right. And if we thought about where our food was coming from before we ate it, then we probably would make very different decisions on everything from the meat we eat that comes from a confinement animal yep. feeding operation running on uh, cheap feed like corn and on antibiotics and hormones. Uh, to the high fructose corn syrup and the sodas we eat that come out of these giant belching factories uh, across the heartland. Right, right. And how many how many ingredients <laughs> went in to making that stuff? I was curious as to what that list looked like, and you know, I'm sure it all probably came from a uh, you know from some sort of a chemical supply house, but. Right. I mean, I think we used about a dozen ingredients by the time we were done. Wow. Uh, with our facsimile of corn syrup, um, the, uh, the the most important ones are a couple of genetically modified enzymes that were developed in the late 60s and early 70s uh, by researchers in Japan, uh, and that combined with the giant uh, harvests of corn that we've been able to to coax out of the fields of the Midwest uh, really made it possible to to put high fructose corn syrup in almost everything we eat, from bread to ketchup to tomato sauce. Yeah. Now, what would you say is the single most shocking place you actually found high fructose corn syrup, besides your hair? <laughs> I, would say the, uh, hair. <laughs> I would say the, uh, the pharmacy was the most surprising place we found corn syrup. Um, so many of the medicines we eat are made palatable uh, to, our, to our mouths by coating those little pills in, in corn syrup-rich, uh, you know, cherry-flavored uh, powder. Oh, really? Wow. Right. You know, I know you were, I mean, you were even finding it in beer, weren't you? We were, yeah. Not high fructose corn syrup, but, but regular corn syrup is uh, for many, many uh, American beers is the, the source of the sweetness. Uh, wow. And that, that was, of course, a great blow to my, to my ego and to my Friday night uh, activities. Yeah, how much? <laughs> well, and now is this also true? This probably isn't also true of like microbrews and things like that, or is it? Uh, it's not.
true. Um, microbrews tend to use other kinds of grains for the sweetness. Uh, it's the big mass-produced beer, like like PBR is a corn syrup beer. Uh, right, Budweiser right. is actually a rice-sweetened beer. Oh, okay. okay. So how much of you is uh, still made up of corn? I know, have you retested <laughs> any time recently? Yeah, well, the, the film opens with a scene that we don't explain nearly as much as we'd like to, uh, right. where we had our hair analyzed by a, a researcher at University of Virginia who told us that the actual carbon in our bodies, uh, more than half of it originated as corn. Wow. Uh, which means that, you know, as it went through the food chain, whether it was a, a cow that ate the corn and then I ate a steak from the cow, or whether it was uh, a, a high-fructose corn syrup factory that processed the corn and I drank the corn syrup, that those carbon molecules stay intact in a particular shape and structure in my body and can be traced all the way back to where they originated as corn. Um, since making the film, we've changed our diet pretty significantly, and I eat very little high-fructose corn syrup now. I certainly don't drink any soda, and I eat significantly less uh, corn-fed beef uh, and opt for grass-fed beef instead. Right on. And uh, I'm, I'm down to somewhere in the mid-30s uh, oh. for how much corn is in my body. Well, these things take, these things definitely uh, take time, so. Absolutely, and, and also that's, you know, it's not that corn is inherently bad, in my opinion. Uh, really, it's just a, it's a, it's an interesting kind of measuring stick to see how much processed food I'm eating. Right. Um, because corn is a, is an ingredient that really makes possible so many of the junk foods and fast foods in our culture that Having less corn in my system is, in one way or another, a kind of measurement of how much junk food I'm eating. Right. Well, and most, of course, of the corn grown in this country isn't even really edible as it, you know, as it grows. It's not even really food until it is just has the bejesus processed out of it. So, um, I, you know, we're running a little short here. We're, we've just got a couple of minutes left, and I, I really wanted to get to what it is you have uh, coming up now. Um, I understand you have a sequel, uh, a rather brief sequel, from what I understand, coming up to King Corn. Yes, we do. Yeah, we have a film called Big River uh, that's going to be released this fall. Um, if you think of King Corn as really the the food story of what happened to our one acre of corn that we grew in Iowa uh, and the way it got processed into things we ate, this is the story of the ecological consequences of that acre of corn as understood through a, a canoe journey uh, that uh, that looks at everything from the, the water contamination problems with pesticides in the Midwest uh, down to the, the dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico. Wow. Um, yeah, so that'll be done this fall, and there's more information on that at our website, which is kingcorn.net. And we also have a green building film that we're releasing now that's uh, available on DVD from Greening of Southie. Dot com, the film about Boston's first green building set in the old neighborhood of South Boston or Southie. Now, where is a, where is Big River going to air? Because it's it's something like about a thirty minute sequel, right? Yes, I think um, the the main way we're hoping to get the film out in its first phase of distribution is through community events, so right. uh, campus screenings, school screenings, uh, churches, community organizations. Um, so there's information on how to host a, a showing of that project on our website, uh, kingcorn.net. And then we're talking with broadcasters now about where it might 
there after that. Well, if you show up in Portland for another premiere, I'll be there. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Very cool. Kurt, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on today and talking about all this. You've been fantastic, and uh, I really hope to run into you again uh, in the future. And uh, for everybody else out there listening, um, please stay tuned. We're gonna, In the second half of this hour, we're going to be talking with Sue Othmer from the EEG Institute about blood sugar and neurofeedback. It's going to be fascinating. Please don't miss it. Thanks, Kurt. Thank you. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. NBC science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com. The Interstate Sportsman Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice American Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join host Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern, for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Welcome back to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. Uh, we're here in the second half of this hour to talk with Sue Othmer of the EEG Institute. Not to uh, embarrass Sue, but those of us who do this work, or to those of us who do this work, 
she was really a legend in her own time. I, I dare say many of us, in fact, would not be here doing what we do if it were not for Sue's tireless work and her brilliant teaching and, and innovation. Um, Sue is the clinical director of the EEG Institute, and she's among the most respected pioneers in the field of neurofeedback. Sue has been involved in clinical research and the development of EEG biofeedback protocols since uh, 1988. She teaches professional training courses in neurofeedback, and she presents clinical research findings in professional forums. Welcome, Sue. Thank you very much, Nora. So our segment today is pre-recorded because you're on your way to teach a training course in Norway, I understand. Uh, you really get around. Flying off today, yes. That's, uh, you know, you, you do a tremendous amount of travel, I think, doing doing what you do. I don't know how you keep it up. Well, it's a good thing I do neurofeedback. It helps. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember you once saying that you were a type B personality in a type A job. Yes, I, quite <laughs> fair. I remember that. Well... As a neurofeedback practitioner myself, I find myself continually amazed uh, at the power that blood sugar has on neuro- neurological stability and emotional regulation. Of course, we've been you know talking this uh, the, the other part of this hour um, about that very topic from more of a sort of nutritional standpoint. But of course, as neurofeedback providers, we deal with that issue too. Very much so, and, and it's something that I've dealt with in my own life. I, I had uh, terrible problems with hypoglycemia when I was in uh, graduate school. It really kind of knocked me out of school and um, managed it with diet. As you know, one can manage one's blood sugar by what and when we eat, but it was always a struggle. There was always that sort of, uh, you know, I could be eating this, I want to be eating that, no, I shouldn't, I'll be dizzy the rest of the day kind of thing. So, right. so I did manage it and I functioned, but when I started neurofeedback, without any expectation about uh, blood sugar regulation, it, was, it really shocked me how effective it was in first reducing the craving for the sugar and then eventually the, the reactivity to the sugar. Right. Yeah, I uh, I recall myself uh, working... You know, this was very early on when we were, uh, you know, we were, <clears throat> this, this had to have been back in, oh, about 1997 or so. I was, uh, I had a friend who had severe hypoglycemia issues, and this was one of those people that, you know, you were a little worried to be around when <laughs> when that hit because um, all of a sudden, you know, the snakes would start growing out of her hair and, you know, or she'd get uh, into a, into a funky mood or, or get brain fog and kind of spacey and uh, and needed food immediately and and it was a it was a real problem if she didn't eat almost every hour practically on the hour and uh, again with uh, with not a whole lot of expectation I hooked her up to uh, a protocol for for something else we were we were working on and in one session that seemed to just radically transform the way she felt in that regard. Right, so the, so our brains need sugar all the time, and if your blood sugar drops low, your brain just is not happy, does not function well, and of course does not function well looks different in different people. It could be dizzy, cranky, you know, aggressive, uh, confused, all sorts of different things. And the interesting thing about the neurofeedback is that <clears throat> we seem to be able to engage the brain at this very basic physiological level and by training the brain in, in such a way as to stabilize its function, it also stabilizes the function of regulating blood sugar 
So you get off of that roller coaster of eating sugar, having your blood sugar go up, and then crashing down below uh, normal levels where you're craving and and then you eat it, and then it shoots you up, and you, and you get on this uh, roller coaster. And the the neurofeedback uh, teaches the brain to to manage itself in a way that it's more stable, so it just doesn't it doesn't get on that roller coaster. Yeah, I find that when I do, uh, you know, when I'm doing my my nutritional counseling with people, that you know, neurofeedback is such a is such a perfect complement uh, to that, and you know, and vice versa. Um, these two things just work together so beautifully, and one can sort of potentiate uh, the other. Of course, you know, there's there's sort of a myth of of a mind-body connection. They're really all pretty much part of the same functioning system that have to be, you know, they'll they'll regulate and dysregulate together and and sort of have to be understood together in context. But I'm continually amazed at how well uh, neurofeedback can can regulate things like blood sugar swings, and of course we know about the uh, the tremendous shifts in uh, and, and not very happy shifts in mood and in cognitive functioning that go along with that. I I, I actually think it's quite central uh, in some respects to what we're doing with mood regulation and and attentional problems and so many other things. Yeah, it's interesting how things sort out for us using this tool of neurofeedback, which is very strong and very specific and, and immediate in its effect. So it helps us sort of categorize our thinking. And there are a number of symptoms that sort of fall in this category we think of as instability. So, right. so blood sugar regulation certainly is a key one. Um, moods can be unstable, uh, you know, headaches, seizures, panic, those ways in which the brain sort of escalates out of out of control, as opposed to just being tense all the time or being down all the time. This just you can have a perfectly functional nervous system and then wham, it, it overreacts to small stimuli or just goes out of control on itself. And and sort of having crystallized that category, then we go about doing neurofeedback, as you say, you, you sort of do it and then you notice that, oh my goodness, you know, this changes and that changes. And so it allows us to, to develop these, these categories that work very well for us. It, it's, a, it's amazing how many uh, applications we've come across entirely by accident. <laughs> pretty much all of them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much all of them <laughs> from from the get go. Yeah, you know, and and Nora, in, ter- in terms of uh, diet and, and putting this together, of course, people have to um, function at all these different levels. You know, um, what, what I often say is the neurofeedback uh, gets people regulated in a physiological level, which then allows them to make better choices. But you still have to make choices. So when I'm interviewing people, it's often very obvious that they have a problem with sugar. But if you say, you know, you shouldn't eat sugar or you need to manage your sugar, it's like, you know, they, they don't hear you because they don't want to hear you because that's hard. Um, right. But what I like to say is you will notice that as you do this training, you will crave the sugar left less, and that will allow you to make better choices about what you eat because you still have to make choices. But the neurofeedback uh, sort of calms that war in your own head about what you want to do and what you know you're supposed to do. And, and that's hard to be fighting against yourself all the time. And so the neurofeedback just makes it possible and easier for people to, to then make good decisions. Yeah, it, that's actually exactly true. And I, we're going to be covering this topic um, on the air in a couple of weeks. We'll be um, actually discussing the issue of chemical dependency and alcoholism and whatnot. And I, I actually recall with one particular client, uh, a male who had been 
very much uh, over drinking. He, he had he was an alcoholic and and not really so much facing up to that. Although he knew he he drank too much, and uh, he also had issues with depression and anxiety and sleep and all of these things. And with neurofeedback, we got to a place where a lot of those other symptoms began to feel a tremendous amount better. And he came to a place where he said, you know, I think I'm ready to talk about making some changes in what I'm doing with alcohol and what I'm doing with my diet. And he later told me, because he did end up getting off alcohol completely, he did end up making radical changes to his diet, and uh, he was very grateful for those changes, but he said, you know, I never would have been ready for that had it not been for the neurofeedback. Yeah, it's it's such a nice relationship that we have with clients doing neurofeedback because it's like we're we're working together to 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 get the nervous system to function better because so many people live sort of at war with their own nervous system. And if you come in and say you should be doing this and you why are you doing that and you know you're being irresponsible it it just adds to their burden, right? Right. But if you're shoulder to shoulder and you say let's us uh, get your, ner- you know, get on the treadmill here of the nervy back, and let's us get your nervous system calmed down, organized, whatever, so that it functions better for you. Then we can talk person to person about the choices that you're making. Yeah, I think so many people, uh, um, so many things that we look upon as dysregulations or, or or as shortcomings, not dysregulations, but shortcomings in ourselves or in other people, oftentimes end up boiling down to. These these brain dysregulations. You know, it's not really you. It's it's your brain hijacking you, um, or it's your blood sugar hijacking you, or some combination of those things. So, um, when we come back, I want to talk for just a couple more minutes about this, and uh, we'll be we'll be wrapping things up. But uh, please stay tuned for the next segment for Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. NBC science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman, right here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. We live in a time of economic uncertainty. 
Gas prices are up. Health care costs are up. And sometimes the market is down. But studies have shown that by mastering your own energy, you can still live a life of prosperity. Listen to Master Your Energy, Master Your Life with your host, Siobhan Moran. Siobhan will show you how to overcome the negative energy of recessionary headlines and give you tools to deflect the harmful effects of subtle negative energy. Master Your Energy, Master Your Life. Friday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the 7th Wave Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio, and we're still here with Susan Othmer of the EEG Institute, and we've been talking about the impact that neurofeedback can have on on blood sugar issues and cravings and and how that also impacts the way your your brain and your emotions function. And one of the other things that we're doing with neurofeedback uh, along these lines is we're also addressing some of the issues around uh, uh, around food addiction and around uh, eating disorders. And I wonder, Sue, if you might be willing to talk a little bit about that. Uh, yes, certainly. Um, so the sugar regulation is certainly a piece. So if, if somebody's overeating or craving or something, then the first question is what? You know, is it sugar specifically? Then, as we've discussed, we have a way to address that. But there are other ways in, in which people can eat inappropriately. One, a very simple one is there are many, many people who really don't know when they're hungry and when they're full. So it makes it very hard to eat appropriately if you don't know um, yeah. when you're hungry and when you've sort of had enough. Some people, the first clue that they have that they've eaten enough is that their stomach hurts and they have to loosen their belt. Yep. So they're not getting those signals from their body that I'm, I'm satisfied I could stop eating. So we can train the brain, that part of the brain that sort of maps the body and the awareness of the body, we can train that part of the brain to function better and that can have a very quick, profound effect on people sort of noticing, wow, I went out to dinner and my husband had chocolate cake and you know, I just didn't even want to. I was, I was done. I'd had enough, you know, which is sort of a, a new concept for them. So that's, that's a large category. There's also the category of this compulsive eating, of, uh, you know, wanting to eat, wanting to eat, not, not particularly sugar, but just, just food and wanting to just eat compulsively. And we can train in such a way as to calm compulsive uh, behaviors. And then, of course, there's that other layer as you, that you get into with addictions, which is the habit of it, the, the eating, because it's been uh, this emotional payoff in the past. So people uh, are drawn to re- repeating that behavior. And for that, we have the, uh, the deep state alpha-theta training, which allows people to then access and resolve those, those deeper issues. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always amazing when you see these things that, that have been burdening people for years. They've just been beating themselves up because they don't know how to control their eating habits and they don't know, you know, they think of themselves as a bad person or a weak person and then all of a sudden after one session, (laughs) 
you know, they're like, wow, where'd it go? <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't know what you don't know, and that, that's so true with appetite. And so you've got all these people sitting around saying, oh, that other person is so much better than me than because that person doesn't eat sugar or that person is thin, you know, and doesn't overeat. And, and, and then we have that pleasure of just sort of <laughs> allowing their physiology to shift and it's like, whoa, <laughs> maybe, maybe it wasn't all willpower after all. Exactly. I, exactly. Well, so many people, you know, believe that their conscious minds and their willpower are driving their behavior, which is always kind of amusing to those of us who, who know better. Um, you know, people will sit in front of the screen and they'll be wondering why it is that they can't bend what's happening with the spaceship or, you know, the ball or whatever to their will when they're playing these brain games. And uh, they don't understand that there's a much larger, you know, uh, a much larger system at play controlling and, and regulating what goes on and, and actually making the real decisions about what happens. I, I like to think about it as like a tiny little uh, jockey sitting on top of a huge, you know, 18 hands race course, racehorse. And, you know, if the jockey and, and the horse are inclined to be doing the same thing, it works really well. But if the horse <laughs> has some deep primal fear of some spot on the, on the racetrack, you know, there's nothing the jockey can do to, to make the horse go in a particular place. That's true. So our conscious mind, uh, you know, when it's, when it's working well and everybody's cooperating, we can have that sense of conscious control of our behavior. But we can live with that illusion. It does, yeah, it, it is one of our healthy illusions, yes. Yeah. It's true. It's absolutely true. Well, Sue, I am uh, so grateful for your time. It's such a wonderful treat having you here on the show and hope to have you back again uh, sometime in the next few weeks for, uh, for more of your insight. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful trip to Norway. Lucky Norwegians. <laughs> Thank you, Norway. 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 <laughs> uh, appreciate it. Yeah, you're very welcome. <laughs> You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, thanks again so much for Sue for being a guest on the show today. Sue will be back, by the way, on July 22nd when we'll be talking about thyroid and adrenals. In the first half of uh, that show, uh, we'll also have, well, in the first half of that show, we're also going to have Dr. Janet Lang of Restorative Endocrinology, and you are not going to want to miss it. It's going to be an absolutely fascinating show. I'd also like to invite you all to tune in next week for Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio when we'll be talking about the surprising role of dietary fat for health and well-being with uh, guests our highly esteemed guest, Sally Fallon, who is president of the Weston A. Price Foundation. In the second half of the show, uh, we'll have Dr. Siegfried Offmer uh, of the EEG Institute, who will join us to explore new frontiers in neurofeedback, um, where the future of this incredible field is headed and who out there might benefit. So uh, I'm very, very uh, grateful to all the guests. Uh, that we've had. Kurt Ellis, of course, is, is a pretty incredible guy. He's a very funny guy, too, if you, if you get to know him. By the way, in, in, in case uh, you did see the movie King Corn and you don't know who Kurt was, 
you remember seeing the guy who was sliding down face first down the big hill of corn uh, right at the camera. That was Kurt. So uh, thanks again, Kurt, for being on the show today. And uh, thanks to um, all of you for uh, for for uh, uh, for coming in, uh, for being here today to uh, to listen to the show. So, at any rate, one of the things, as I say, we're going to cover next week is the whole issue of dietary fat and in uh, in our in human health and really kind of the surprising role this takes on. And just to kind of give you a, a little bit of a teaser about that, um, you know, as it turns out, really fats and not sugar are the fuel that are actually meant to be our primary form of stored and everyday fuel. And, you know, a diet that is such as so many people have that's excessively high in carbohydrates are going to cause the body and brain to adapt to the unnatural dependence on blood glucose for its primary fuel and really to our considerable detriment. Most people seem to think that we have to have blood sugar um, in order for our brains and our organs to function. And in fact, that's not quite exactly true. It's only true if we've metabolically adapted ourselves to depending upon sugar as our primary source of fuel. And as it turns out, um, our brain can actually run perfectly well on something called ketones, which are basically the energy units of fat. And as creatures of the Ice Age, we're actually best designed to use ketones, not glucose, is our primary, primary source of fuel. Uh, and yes, this means the brain too. So we're going to have a really fascinating discussion next week with, uh, with Sally Fallon about that. Um, one of the things I also wanted to get to today and mention is that I'm going to be giving a one-day seminar on June 6th, and it's going to be held at the Courtyard Marriott Hotel in Tigard, Oregon, which is just outside of Portland. Um, I'll be basically be talking about uh, primal body, primal mind, and, uh, and talking about the impact of... Uh, well, various impacts of various things on our diet and our, and our health and our bodies and our brains. And this is sponsored by the Seven Waves Alliance, Alliance for Functional Wellness. And if you are interested in attending this seminar, you can go to the website www.sevenwaveswellness.com and you can also call uh, the phone number Second here, 503-278-7505. Again, that's 503-278-7505. So, thank you again for tuning in today to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. I'm thrilled to have been here uh, with you this, uh, this hour, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. I would like to thank my sponsors, the EEG Institute, offering the most trusted and respected source of information and training for neurofeedback, truly world leaders in the field. You can reach the EEG Institute at www.eeginfo.com or at 818-456-5965. I would also like to thank the Nutritional Therapy Association, the NTA, 
for their generous sponsorship. The NTA is the best, most trustworthy and reliable source of foundational nutritional education and nutritional therapist training here in the U.S. and possibly the known universe. I just can't say enough good things about this organization. You can find the Nutritional Therapy Association at www.nutritionaltherapy.com or you can call 1-800-918-9798. That's 1-800-918-9798. Tell Marcy Nora sent you. Thanks, too, to Biotics Northwest, the source for exceptional healthcare practitioner quality supplements for every health professional. You can reach them at www.bioticsnorthwest.com or at 1-800-636-6913. Also, be sure to visit my website at www.primalbody-primalmind.com, where you can also get my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, Empower Your Health, your total health the way evolution intended and didn't. Thanks again for listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio, hosted by Nora Gedgaudis. Come back for another great program next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. And have a great week.